welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am once again Scott Nye. I remain David Bax, and Tyler Smith remains out of commission, but uh, very much um, in our hearts and uh, very much a part of my life. I see him somewhat regularly uh, now, not quite as often as I did before his um, ongoing medical travesty. But uh, yeah, you can follow him at, at More Lessons on on Twitter, on X. Um, hmm. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still, if I go to it on my desktop, like browser, I still type in, well, I type in T plus, you know, yeah. I type in T and it finishes. It it. Um, I don't go to X.com, but, uh, yeah, yeah the, 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 but the iPhone keeps... like app, uh, icon finally changed somewhat recently. Yeah, the thing that keeps throwing me is the like tab icon is now like the X instead of like the blue bird. So when I like have a tab of Twitter open, I switch to another tab to like look something up and then I go back to that tab and I can't find it. Right, because you're looking for I'm looking for the blue bird. Yeah, yeah. Um well uh you more you might when you were in London, you weren't looking for celebrities, but you may have seen some. I'm guessing. Yeah. So that's the and reason I, I, I was guessing. out the past few weeks uh, for yeah. the listener's sake. Um, it wasn't and just also because you don't do Comic-Con. It, obviously, I just don't care about nerd shit. Um, but uh, I was actually <laughs> that's not true, by the way. It's actually I care more about nerd shit than you do. Um, <laughs> I, no, I was uh, I was traveling first, spending some time in rural Oregon with family for uh, well, I was celebrating my mom's 60th birthday, which was last year, but we we're just kind of like get, finally getting around to a nice family trip. And then I immediately carted off from there to, uh, I was going to say gorgeous or rainy London, and England, but it wasn't really either of those things. It was very mild. Uh, the hmm. temperatures were like in the 60s and 70s. It only rained the very last day we were there when we weren't planning to do anything. Uh, so it was rather pleasant. Um, so it's pleasant London. And yes, um, even though I live in Los Angeles, I almost never see celebrities, but I managed to see two celebrities in the five days I was in London. Right. So here's, um, this is kind of like a little bit of a stealth, uh, advertising for, um, the Patreon. Cause this is yeah. something we do, uh, more, well, when Tyler's back, we do it, um, uh, more often on, on the Patreon, a little, uh, celebrity sighting guessing game. Um, so, uh, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, um you can subscribe at patreon.com slash battleship retention it helps the podcast it's more show for you and also given that tyler uh is has mounting medical costs it actually is a fun way to help tyler and and get something out of it so absolutely uh, patreon.com slash battleship retention okay let's all right so these are both in 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 london town yes okay um though that that itself is only a hint for one of them so one of them is not a Brit. Correct. Okay. So I'll start with the Brit. Okay. Um, male, female, other? male, male, um, older than you and me. Uh, significantly. Oh, uh, white. Yeah. Oh, oh an old white man. <laughs> Imagine um, that in London. Yeah. Is this an actor? Yes. Um, Movies, TV, stage. What do we think um, of him most? You would think of him most for movies. I'm sure he's done all of the above, but you would think of him most for movies. Okay. Um, and significantly older. Yes. Um, well, it feels 
like it probably wasn't Ian McKellen. Was it Ian McKellen? No, but like that, it, it's not someone as famous as Ian McKellen, but you're in the right kind of generation. Um, though this okay. actor only became more famous when he was already an old man. <laughs> oh, British actor. Yeah. Became famous as an old man. So it's not, I don't know, Kenneth Branagh. No. It's not Ian Holm. No, but no, the Ian Holm is about the level of fame, I would say, more than like Ian McKellen or Kenneth Branagh, who are like name actors. Uh, As with Ian Holm, this guy has played lead roles, but is more widely known as a strong supporting player. Okay, Uh, I got to think of some more things to. To to narrow it down, because I'm just going to start throwing out names. Um, Yeah, supporting, but has has led movies before. Yes. And Tom Courtenay. No, Uh, I was going to say my next hand was including one quite recently. He had a prominent lead role, a prominent lead role in a recent British movie, I'm guessing uh it's set in britain i don't know it's you know national origin of funding but yeah it is okay do you know if i saw it um i actually don't know i don't think so but i'm not sure okay bill nye yeah it's bill nye nice i did Um, not see living no yeah uh we saw him at uh went to see groundhog day on the west end they made a musical of groundhog day and he was there just wandering the aisles and we're like, is that Bill Nye? And then we like kind of saw, saw him wander up closer and like get like a prime seat in the theater. And we're like, that's probably Bill Nye. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, Natalie, my, my wife, my, my wife, Natalie, uh, just had a um, two celebrity sightings at the Tears for Fears concert last night. She saw both, nice. both Kumail Nanjiani and Jimmy Simpson. Who is Jimmy Simpson? I know that name. Yeah, I was going to say, as soon as I said it, I was like, I think he's more of a TV guy. Yeah. He's, most recently, he was in, um, as far as movies, he was in The Starling Girl, which is a good movie. I don't know if you saw this. Oh, Starling no, I Girl. came very close to seeing that uh, one night in Portland, but he's, we didn't quite make it. He's the Starling father. Um, <laughs> okay. In, in the Starling man. Yeah. But yeah, if you look him up on to be his like known for things are like Westworld and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, sure. He's definitely more of a TV guy, but he's a good actor. Um, yeah, but I guess more of a TV guy anyway. Uh, okay. On to your second one, the non Brit. Yeah. yeah. Non Brit American. Yes. Okay. American male, female, other male, another male older than you and I, um, almost, I would guess younger, unless he's just really, unless okay. he's wearing his age well. Okay. DJ Quills. No. Um. <laughs> Random pull. <laughs> um, okay. Actor. Oh, uh, yeah. And again, um, just cause I'm asking, is this a Caucasian? Yes, yes or no questions. I'm thinking <laughs> too. Is this a, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I just checked. He is slightly younger than me. Than you. And you are 37? Six. Yes. Seven. Which Seven. Okay. Um, okay. So he's younger than you. Does he have facial hair? Um, like when, generally when you think of him? Uh, ironically, I pulled up his Wikipedia page and he does have facial hair, but you wouldn't think of him with facial hair. Okay. And this is an American. Yeah. Actor. Yeah. 
young. Yeah. Younger than than we are, at least. Okay. 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 Here's a okay. No, never mind. You'll 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 give me the context of how you saw him. Uh, okay, again, m- movies, TV, stage. Uh, I'd be surprised if stage. I don't think he's done any TV work. Definitely any prominent stuff. M- movies for sure. Movie star or character actor? Um, on his way towards becoming a movie star, I would say. Wait, is he- it Joe Allen? No, he's not American. <laughs> no, but you're kind of like in the right like wheelhouse. Okay. Um, so he's a hunk. Yeah. Or he's good looking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And he's American. Everything, everyone I'm thinking of is like not American. Why can't I think of. Uh, so, okay. Um, was he in anything in 2022 that I would have seen? Yes, for sure. So a big 2022 movie. Yes. A major release. Was it a studio movie? Yeah. Or. Oh, Austin Butler? Uh, no. Okay. Also, oh yeah, Austin Butler is American. For some reason, I had in my head that he was another one of those disguised Brits. Yeah. Okay, so it was a studio release. Do you know if I saw it? I know for sure you saw it. Okay, okay. A comedy? No. A drama? Um, no. I, I would, you wouldn't classify that as that, the, the movie stories, you say. Uh, and is it a superhero movie? No, but it is a big summer movie. A big summer 2022 movie that I definitely saw. Yeah. With an up and coming. (laughs) Young white American man. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) Uh, shit. I can't think of. What was the biggest movie of 2022? (laughs) Like box office wise, I have no idea. You um, would have a reasonable guess that this was the biggest. Maybe it's possible something. Oh, well, actually, it was a, eclipsed by a, a more prominent uh, holiday release. But the summer, the summer when this came out, it looked like this was pretty unstoppable. And I saw it. Yes, everybody <laughs> did. <laughs> oh, okay. Was it Top Gun Maverick? It was Top Gun Maverick. Okay, so. Who are the younger? Is that Miles Teller? Is it? No, he's already up and come. Yeah. Do I know this guy's name then? Uh, I would imagine so. He's decently famous. Is it the handsome guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> Maybe you don't know his name. You know who I'm talking about? Like the main other guy who's like. <laughs> Describe his character in the movie, and then I'll, then I'll give it to you. Um, he's like uh, mad that he gets benched for the final run, and but then he goes and does the big like saving. He saves Miles Teller at the end. Yeah, his name is yeah. Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell. Yeah, I thought well, because of everybody wants some, you would uh, remember his name. But uh, right, yeah, I should know his. I should know his name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this um, was a fun. We just saw him walking down the street. And Julie and I both went like, is that Glenn Powell? And we didn't want him to be like weird about it. Um, but I later we later yeah. looked up some context clues from social media and we're like, that's Glenn Powell. Wow. Um yeah, he he also played John Glenn in Hidden Figures. 
That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, All yeah, right. Well, he's um, just riding out the strike in London, I guess. Yeah. That was a fun way to uh, kick off the show. Uh, before we get into the topic at hand, I want to tell you about tweaked audio, tweaked audio.com tweaked audio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. I use them each and every day. In fact, today I was using them to listen to uh, what is in the running for my favorite album of the year so far. Um, You might not think of when you think, when you think black metal, right? You think Norway, you think these are things I constantly think you think the Celtic region absolutely you normally don't think of sunny los angeles (laughs) but uh a band called agriculture and their self-titled debut album agriculture uh is fantastic they it within i love one of my one of of the funny one of the funny one of the most fun nerdy things about metal is the super granular like genres sure and I like when someone takes it upon themselves to get so granular as to invent their own genre. So agriculture is self-described ecstatic black metal. <laughs> and I don't know if if that, I don't know what that conjures up in your mind, if that's what it sounds like, uh, what it actually sounds like, but it is, um, it's, it's, own, it's, it's its own animal uh, here. And uh, it sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. They're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're back, and we are ready to jump into the topic. This topic is actually inspired by um, a friend of the show, West Anthony. Uh, I, I recently saw West in person, spent uh, a whole afternoon with West in person for the first time since before the pandemic. I've I've, like zoomed with him and obviously like text and tweeted and all that stuff, but I had not seen West in person um, since like probably well before the pandemic. It might've been five years. Uh, But he and I went to a double feature of movies um, at the Skirball center. uh, And then there was a long intermission between the double double feature because it was a midday double feature so they kind of like expected people would get lunch so there's like an hour in between the two movies that's too so long we, yeah <laughs> so we sat but we sat at the we, we got some food from the cafe and sat out in the courtyard at the skirball center and you know we're two big movie buffs who are at a movie event and haven't seen each other in years obviously we also love music he's he's an even bigger music buff than yeah. i am like we have that so what did we talk about for an hour that's right Los Angeles bus and train lines. <laughs> we talked about public public transit for a full hour. And I was like, I thought to myself, like, yeah, there should be, we should do a 
an episode about movies about public transit. So let's get into it, shall we? I, as usual, have um, uh, imposed rules on myself that I didn't foreclose beforehand. So I'll be curious to see how yours lined up. Uh, But I basically took public transit to mostly mean like intracity public transit. Yeah. I mean, I kind of had a slightly more expansive area of like, I would count like a commuter line. So if it's, you know, probably within the general yeah, city do have metropolitan area, but like a lot of these, I'm not a hundred percent sure on what their zone of coverage is. It just kind of like yeah. seems to kind of fit with the idea. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, um, I, I was talking about the, when the last time I saw Tyler, I was talking about, we were brainstorming some, and he was saying like, would something like trans Siberian or bullet train count? And I was like, I don't know if those are publicly funded, but those go intercity, you know? Yeah. And, and, and to me, so yeah, I do have at least one on, on my list that is a, a commuter line. I'm hoping we'll, um, I don't think I'll just come up with more as, as the, the, um, yeah, I had a, kind of a hard time coming up with some. Well, I, um, I, I guess well, we, well, we've teased commuter lines, so um, I'll I'll kick off uh, with source code. Source code is yep. a movie about a commuter line train from I think the Chicago suburbs into the heart of the city, right? Um, uh, I remember Chicago something because I know they go to the Bean. Um, yeah, at the end, and that actually like sort of plays into the 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 Bean actually like plays a role because that's it's like, kind of a character in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, but he sees his reflection at the end. That's like a yeah. big reveal. So, um, uh, yeah. Did you lie? I like source code. Did you, I like did it? not like source code. Oh, really? Um, cause that was Duncan Jones, right? Um, is that his name? Duncan, not Duncan Hines. Yeah. Duncan Jones. Yeah, yeah, cause yeah. That, cause I didn't like moon that much either. And then source code came out and I was like, so we all kind of realize this guy's not that good, right? We're all on, on board now. Um, yeah, I was kind of not into that movie. Um, the only other major commuter line film I think on my list is the Liam Neeson film, The Commuter. Um, which, which I didn't is, see. It. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of silly. I mean, e- even for a Colesero film, but it... Um, just kind of escalates his premise a little too far into like a big CGI nonsense when like a lot of the thrill of like a transportation movie is the limits you put on uh, the surroundings. And yeah. it, it kind of like g- gets a little wacky towards the end, but it's, it's got a strong start. It's not as good as nonstop, which is the other transportation based movie he made with Liam Neeson. Um, and that's, that's a, like a, that's an airplane. Oh, nonstop is an airplane. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen. It. Um. Uh, all right. Well, then let's. Um, well, we'd actually. I, I, there is another uh, commuter rail movie, but I couldn't remember like if the train actually matters in this. Did you see the girl on the train? I did. Yeah. Um, I think it's just yeah, like how the movie starts, right? Yeah, but that's that's enough. But but it is also like the point is that she like. Cause what she's like divorced and she takes the train to work every day and passes her ex-husband's house. So I do think that like 
the train does it's not just that that's how it starts i do think that it's it plays a bigger role um, the movie was so but, forgettable that i yeah, like I was, I was about to say the same thing like the fact that i remember that much about the movie is is pretty impressive is, uh, impressive because um yeah just so such a bore i know it was one of those like post gone girl movies that like none of them really <laughs> captured yeah. even an ounce of what that movie's got going for it yep yep uh all right so here's the i'm, I'm gonna start with here are the ones that came immediately to mind for me when I thought of this topic. Sure. Um, the taking of Pelham one, two, three. Yeah. Is the, the, the first, one, which I've only ever seen the original. I haven't seen, I know you're a fan of, of the, the remake as well. Yeah. I mean, like it's not as good as the original because the original is one of like the greats and to kind of define its own genre. But I have a hard time thinking that people think it's as bad as they say it is without just like, only thinking of it in comparison to the original because it's pretty mm-hmm. solid on its own. And, you know, Denzel and Tony Scott can certainly put together a film and you got uh, James Gandolfini in there. Oh. And yeah, it's, it's a really solid time with the movies. How many times? Okay. Cause James Gandolfini is also in Crimson Tide. Are and there, in and True Romance. True Romance. Yeah. So is that, is that it for him and Tony Scott? I think so. Offhand. That's what I got. That could be a fun triple feature. Oh yeah. Um, all right. Uh, but I, I, I don't want to, uh, I mean, this episodes like this, where we just have a topic and like bounce off bounce movies back and forth are fun, but I think taking a one, two, three really like gets it. What I'm saying when I'm talking about a movie is like about public mm-hmm. transit, because it's not just that it takes place. So it's like hostages on a, a subway train that stopped in the middle of the subway. Um, the, the hero of the movie is like a guy who works for the 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 transit authority or whatever they call yeah. it in, in in new york and the um uh the the, the detail the geographical details um not that i know new york like the back of my hand from what i've read the geographical details of the movie are spot on like it actually is everything is exactly where it it would be um we see how we see how a city like New York City is uh, so t- attached and its uh, fate is is tied to its its public transit. You know, when these things shut down, it shuts down the whole city. The mayor is involved. You know, right. and, and uh, um, it's a little bit different than. Um, if a train line shuts down, even in a city like Los Angeles, which um, has public transit, but uh, isn't like the default way of getting around the city. Yeah, for sure. And I, well, I think the big thing also that Pelham uh, introduces as far as this episode goes, um, which is very common across a lot of these movies is like the idea of the public transportation being a kind of melting pot of like, you get all types in there. Yeah. And everyone's reliant on it and we're, we're all on together kind of thing. It really like represents the city in microcosm. Um, and especially for a city like New York, where you really get people of all social stratas yeah. on there. Um, it becomes very important to n- not only just like any kind of social commentary thing, but just it fills out a rich tapestry of characters and helps lend it uh, some liveliness. Yeah. And I, I, I miss that from living in Chicago and taking, um, public transit which i just thought of this now it's a tiny little thing but in the fugitive the fact the idea that one of uh tom lee jones's guys can distinct can can pick out the sound of an 
an elevated subway train specifically like oh is, sure is like a a, a little plot uh, detail but anyway living in chicago it's the same thing like if, i mean obviously the super rich people you know yeah yeah have cars or whatever but it is everyone that's something that like i have even though I t- i've taken public transit re- regularly for most of the time that i've lived in los angeles it's never quite been that and it's even less that post-covid um, i'll bet yeah. yeah i used to take it a little bit when i was first living here um and even then i was kind of surprised at the range of people you would see on the bus um because i think the subway at least like there's a bit more of like I don't know, maybe classiness to it. I feel, I do feel like the bus is the most uh, looked down upon of all forms of public transit. And so people do yeah. whatever they can to avoid riding the bus. Yeah, which is too bad because um, buses are cool. But I was guilty of that when I lived in Chicago that I would like... Sure. Take... Uh, I would go out of my way to like... Well, I mean, there's so many... It's so much of the city is connected by trains. I'd be like... I'll, I'll take this train line to the train line where I probably, I could have taken a bus. Um, and I, uh, I, so yeah, I, uh, I was wrong for doing that. I should have taken the bus more in Chicago. Uh, yeah. That was definitely true in Boston as well. There were two parts of town that were very popular college destinations that were not connected at all by rail. And so you'd have to take the rail back into the center of town and then back out to the other suburb in order to get between them. Or you could just hop on a bus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what else, what else initially came to mind for me? The other one that came to mind is speed, which is yeah. both a bus movie and a train movie at the end. Yeah. Um, and, but also an LA movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but absolutely what you were talking about, the bus being a, a, a melting pot there, like, you know, every, like all these different, uh, folks on, on, on this bus from different walks of life. Uh, um, although, I mean, one, the one thing I think they have in common is that the, like, like I said about public transit, even in Chicago, like none of them is rich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's much more of a working class environment. Um, I mean, it's been a long, I've only seen speed once, honestly, it's not been okay. like a major force in my life. So I don't have great recall of it, but doesn't it you should, have you should like, watch it again. It's probably it's really good. Doesn't it have like the necessary, like businessman who wants to sell everybody out for his own need? Um, no, he's, I mean, uh, Alan Ruck is the businessman. Okay. But he's not like the. Um, I know the the kid, the architect you're thinking. Yeah, of, right. I don't really think there's any of uh, okay. anyone like that on on there. Um, well, good one, for Alan Rock then. Yeah, yeah. He's but I don't know if businessman. I mean, he's a guy in a suit. Sure, that's I, that's yeah, what I mean. <laughs> he could be like on his way to a job interview, but I don't know if he's sure. Really, no, but he has. Um, so anyway, I always like that movie is the screenplay is credited to Graham. What's his name? I can't remember. Um, I actually just had that page up and I can tell you the guy who created justified like Graham. Young. Who, yeah. So he's, he's done well for himself, but uh, I think even he has publicly admitted that like Joss Whedon did a like huge uncredited rewrite and most oh, really? of what you, most of what people like, <laughs> especially in terms of dialogue. Um, is uh is joss whedon's and, and knowing joss whedon's work and watching it with that in mind you can definitely see it but uh there's sure. a very there's a very joss whedon-y line where uh keanu's like hanging under the bus as it's um going to like he's like sticking his head down under the floor to see the bomb and he's got alan ruck on the phone with jeff daniels relaying what he says and then when he sees the size of the bomb Keanu reeves goes fuck me and alan ruck hesitates and goes 
Oh, darn. <laughs> uh yeah i like that okay um, so yeah question about what uh you're describing on rock's character have you ever worn a suit to a job interview yeah i think really yeah. i i never have had cause well, to i've never gone to a, a job suit. interview like that i've worn a suit i've definitely worn like a sport coat and trousers okay I like right. i don't know if i've worn a suit to a job interview that's a good point it might just be a generational thing of like we're just past that uh and the suit coat and trousers is the new version of that yeah yeah um but uh yeah i have a coworker who i who wears t-shirts every single day yeah and um the this is years and years ago uh there was an opening like at our workplace um that we were both uh, applying for on the day of the interview he wore a suit. It was like so strange um, because he like uh, ended up, but you know what? He ended up getting the job and I didn't. Well, there but, you go. But I have since, you know, don't worry about me. I've since been promoted and now he and I are uh, our peers and colleagues again. But that was a strange thing that, to see a guy who's like a dedicated yeah. t-shirt every day guy come in in his suit. Um, all right. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones that came to me right away. Well, I guess, speed yeah so there's the bus thing we're talking about that's the main thing but also it ends on the subway right but part but it's the la subway and it's still under construction and part of it is that like it's empty you know? oh yeah um which brings me to my uh, brings collateral to mind which is a movie that's mostly about getting around in a taxi but does kind of start and end as I recall, it's been a long time since I've seen it um, in the LA subway system. And like specifically talking about how um, kind of sparse the LA subways are and how like someone could die and just ride like right. whose, whose body could just like ride the train all day because there's so few people, which is not true. I mean, it's not true that there are a few people, but um, I remember watching collateral on DVD with my girlfriend at the time who had been to Los Angeles and I had never been, I think we were already planning on moving here. Cause that's what 2004. Yeah. And I moved in 2005. So I think we were already planning on moving out here and she'd been here. We were living in Chicago and, um, she was trying to tell me before we even watched, we had even watched the movie. She was like, had come back from Los Angeles and she was like, cause so the subway in Chicago is like New York or whatever. It's just like, you go down the stairs and there's a tiny little platform, with right. a thing on each side, you know? And she was trying to tell me like, every subway station in Los Angeles <laughs> is like a cathedral with a different theme and these huge vaulted roofs yeah. and, and stuff. And um, yeah, you do see a, I think it's a blue line station. I haven't seen collateral in so long that I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I, it, he, like we were watching it and she was like, Oh my God, I was just telling you, look, like, <laughs> look how enormous the subway stations are. Look how much ridiculous amounts of space they have out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, collateral. Like, I don't know if it's, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, Clatter also does the thing I love of like tent set pieces on a subway where they're going from stop to stop and they're like trying to get out of the cars and like then d get back into the cars at the last second and moving between the cars oh, and all that yeah. stuff. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about the French connection. That's another one that uh, uh, has a huge subway scene um, that I should have put on here. Um, oh, man. I keep thinking of more that aren't on my list. But it, Another one that came to mind right away 
which is probably not true of you or most people, but I, it's a movie that Perfect. I happen to love. Uh, the Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> that uh, came to mind fairly quickly, but I haven't seen it, so I can't oh. say anything else except to say that the movie exists called The Midnight Meat Train. Yeah, uh, and Bradley Cooper. Um, yep. You can imagine him being in this movie, like a pre, like when he was he wasn't playing alias or yet. Yeah. Um, uh, although actually, yes, it was pre hangover. Because what year is Midnight Meat Train? Oh gosh, I want to say like oh six. Yeah, it might be maybe oh eight even. But it, I think even it was even made. I think it sat for a long time because I remember there was a whole thing about um, a change in like leadership at Lionsgate, and that was a movie that like oh. that the new regime didn't really care for, and it kind of sat around for a while. Um, it was two thousand eight. Okay. But it was probably filmed considered before that. Uh, I saw it. Um, the New Art did a uh, a midnight screening with the director. Uh, oh, that's fun. Who, whose name I'm forgetting. Um, it's kind of a way of saying, like, this movie's good. You should watch it. Like, Lionsgate yeah. is trying to bury it. Um, anyway, but it's, uh, yeah, Brenda Cooper plays a, a journalist, I think, who... Um, discovers a certain line of the train if you get on the train at the the right line at the right time at the right time of like uh, in the middle of the night uh it um takes you to some sort of otherworldly part of the city and there's and vinnie jones is a man who uh walks up and down that train slaughtering people (laughs) (laughs) to deliver them to the final destination um fun movie i mean fun in a like a dark way um but yeah, still fun. Also, I was talking about, I mentioned triple features before uh, about the, the James Canafini, Tony Scott triple feature. Sure. A triple feature that I've always wanted to, like if I if I could have thought of a fourth one, and maybe you can help me. Okay. Um, it would have been like a, a commentary uh, back when Tyler and I used to do, the, do those. Maybe we'll do a commentary marathon again someday. But the idea is seven, um, Constantine in the Midnight Meat Train all movies that use pre-gentrification downtown Los Angeles as an anonymous urban hellscape. Mm. Cause they're all movies that never say right. that it's Los Angeles, but they shoot in downtown Los Angeles pre, you know, um, cause I guess it, downtown LA kind of started gentrifying in the mid aughts around the time of midnight meat train, but then the um, 2008 financial crisis, like put a big hold on that. And, and, um, the, the gentrification of downtown really didn't pick up again until uh, I don't know, the early 2010s. Uh, I don't know if you could think if you or the listeners can think of another one, maybe we could do a commentary marathon someday, but uh, yeah, I'd have to think through and then do some research to see if they actually did shoot here. Um, yeah. But it's a part of, I mean, like it's not necessarily something that I, um, I, I don't know how I feel about, I, I I'm not, pro gentrification um i just want to make that that clear but it is um interesting i guess it's just interesting that 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 version of downtown los angeles is is kind of lost you know yeah i mean there are um, some small pockets of it but yeah in any sort of mass way yeah it's pretty yeah. young that's i mean the show um I keep going back to Joss Whedon, but the TV show Angel, uh, which very clearly took place in Los Angeles, really took advantage of the the fact that in the late 90s, early 2010s, uh, downtown L.A. after dark was uh, largely empty. Oh, um, sure. 
Uh, I mean, it's still con- not after dark necessarily, but I remember at least when I moved here and it could have changed since then, but anytime we would go there on a, like a weekend afternoon, I just felt like it was just an apocalypse had happened or something like it was just abandoned. Yeah. I definitely remember like the first time I, like my mom was visiting and we wrote the angels, like California yeah. or something like that. Um, yeah, it did feel like I am legend or something. <laughs> it's just like, there's no one around Yeah, these, these big, big, imposing buildings uh okay uh i think those are the main ones that came immediately to mind for me um some others that came immediately to mind for me um i guess some of these are like more scene based than like well actually no there's one there's one big one that's definitely a bus movie and it's jim jarmusch's patterson yeah i have that too yeah um which is like it's like that's like how we hope the bus will be right where it's just like a calm collection of weird characters who are all just getting by day to day um not like the unpredictable mass of uh humanity you often encounter but uh well that's like um one thing that's happened in speed in patterson and a lot of movies on on buses um the you get on the bus and everyone has a seat and um in los angeles that is not the case especially at rush hour there you know you're lucky to get a seat uh if you get on the line early enough Uh, there are times when i because i take the uh i take the red line to wilshire and vermont and then i take the vermont the wilshire bus to my work don't look i'm not going to say anything more, more about where i work but there were times when I was pre COVID when I was going to work earlier. Now that the, now that the sort of work life balance thing and work from home thing is uh, a little bit more fluid, I tend to work at home, work at home in the morning later and then go into work after rush hour. That's what I do now. Um, but there were times that I would, instead of getting off of ocean Vermont would go to MacArthur park further away from my destination, just because I knew there'd be more seats on the bus sure. <laughs> like two stops because it was like two bus stops early same bus line two stops early i could i could get a seat that's real estate man yeah yeah uh patterson is getting to the point where it might be my favorite jim jarmusch movie oh man um it's it's up there for me but dead man is going to be hard to beat yeah i I've love got, dead man so much i've got some diminishing returns with dead man but i do still love it uh all right. What are some other? Well, uh, okay. You mentioned just little scenes. Yeah. Um, and now I don't know if this is cheating or not, but I have a number of or a few movies where the subway them the subway itself maybe isn't a big part of it, but subway stations or at least okay. a scene with a subway station. So. Um, uh, Ghost and The Matrix, two very different movies, but both very have very memorable scenes set in subway stations. Um, yeah, in the, Matri- in the Matrix, it's a fight. In Ghost, it's um, Patrick Swayze learning from another ghost played by is the name Vincent Schiavelli. He 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 died a while ago, but he was the science uh, teacher. My yeah, was more about the but more about the Matrix. I've actually never seen Ghost. Oh, okay. Well. Um, uh, Vincent, I think his name's Vincent Schiavelli. He was the science teacher in, in Fast Times at High. You'd recognize him if you saw him. 
uh, he plays another ghost who teaches Patrick Swayze how to move things in the real world, like because he's non corporeal, but he teaches him how to focus enough to move stuff and have an effect on the world. And um, uh, it's a great performance from Vincent Schiavelli because he's done. He's he's like kind of like a bitter asshole ghost who's doing all this reluctantly just to get Patrick Swayze to leave him alone. Uh, it's it's a great it's a, it's a variation on the like. Uh, uh, you know, the action movie where the hero has to go, like, like it gets defeated and then has to go away and train before coming back. You know, oh, sure. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of a version of that. But uh, Ghost, cool movie. Rewatched it for the first time in forever during the pandemic. I like it. I like Ghost. Uh, it's on um, my list for sure. I want to see it. Uh, another one with just a scene in a subway station. Okay. Guys, I'm sorry, but spoilers for. Uh, Rainer Werner Fassbender's Fox and his friends. Okay. Um, but fo- the main character um, dies at the end in a subway station and people just like step over his body. Um, Classic Germans. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, they got places to be. Uh, they can't change their schedule around. Uh, and then here's one that's a real stretch. Uh, but I, I, I enjoy this movie too much not to, uh, not to mention it. Um, the lesser talked about Guillermo del Toro movie Mimic, his first American movie, I think, was Mimic. Yeah. Um, uh, the the creature in the movie, its hiding space is the tunnels of an abandoned subway line. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I've actually never seen it. Uh, I mean, it's not great, but it's fun. It's definitely a fun movie to watch once you know Guillermo del Toro and like see what he's trying to do you know because there's something mm-hmm. like the way the way that the art direction of the abandoned subway stations and tunnels is very cool you know and and, and kind of gothic right and, and he leans on as much like practical of monster effects as as he as he can um there's definitely uh, some del toro in there even though i don't i don't my understanding is that he did not have a good experience making the movie right yeah um, yeah uh because he was working for harvey weinstein and a few people right, right. did um i re- remembered one of these the movies on my list is a definite subway movie and that's uh ho Shao shen's cafe lumiere um it's been a while since i've seen this one so i don't remember the specifics of it but it's about um a young woman and who i believe she's like studying the subway system in tokyo and she meets a guy who's like studying this composer and their interests start like intersecting where they start like recording sounds on the subway and like folding that into compositions and stuff. Um, it's a really, really cool movie that really gets at the way that subways are kind of like a harmonious way of interlinking a city together. It has some of the most beautiful photography on subway cars. It has this one shot. That's really unbelievable. Where like, she's, I think we're seeing it from her point of view. She's like riding the car and like looking out the subway window and then another subway comes up that has the guy that she knows on it. And so so somehow they like linked up the shoot uh, of the movie. So Mm. for these two cars to intersect and have them look at each other across from the lines, it's really unbelievable. Um, And it, it, there's a lot of films that could be my favorite television movie, but this might be my favorite um, because it just feels the, the rhythms just right. Um. Speaking of foreign films that are definitely subway movies, 
I don't necessarily recommend this movie, but there's a 2003 movie called Control, K-O-N-T-R-O-L-L. Um, that is, uh, it's, I don't really remember exactly what the plot is. It's about like people who work for the subway and uh, that is, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, like the thing that is notable about it is that it takes place entirely in subway stations and subway trains. You never see the world mm. uh, outside, I think. Um, but the movie was, it was uh, among people who were following foreign film at the time, it, it got um, quite a bit of notice and uh, was enough to get its director um, a Hollywood career. Uh, which he um, turned around and made the super cool, uh, I think underrated horror movie Vacancy with um, Luke Wilson okay. and Kate Beckinsale. Good movie. Uh, but then he did Armored, which I didn't see, which is an armored uh, truck robbery movie. And then he did Predators. And uh, from there, he seems to have to TV. Anyway, uh, his name's Nimrod Antal, but... Uh, oh, right. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. I, I, I Again, I don't remember thinking... I think remember thinking that Control was a little overhyped and a little bit, like, self, self-consciously self cool, you know, in, sure. in a lot of ways. But um, it's still a cool thing to make a movie entirely in the subway system, and uh, it gave us Vacancy, which is a just a badass movie. Did you ever see Vacancy? No, yeah. I've, I've seen neither of these movies uh, and I didn't see his Predator movie either. Um, but uh, I, I like some self-consciously cool movies. So, okay. <laughs> you not, like control, not against it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to find out if it's streaming anymore. What else do you have? Um, I've got others- a bunch more. Yeah, some other stuff that's more just like scene based. Um, Spider-Man 2, of course, has the great uh, fight between Spider-Man and Doc Ock on um, a non-existent elevated train in New York um, that itself is kind of like it does the like thing of like the train represents the city because then Spider-Man gets unmasked and all the people are like, uh, we won't tell kind of thing. Um, let's see. I guess sticking with New York, uh, Chantal Ackerman's News from Home has a lot of great 70s New York oh, subway yeah. footage on it um and she shoots all i mean the film takes place all over the city it takes place it's a documentary that's just like showing daily life in new york um as she reads mother's er, mother's from her letters letters from her mother um <laughs> but a lot of that takes place on the subway and i when i think of that movie i often think of it subway footage um, um control is streaming uh for free on plex uh but is also uh rentable from voodoo I've yet to try Plex. Uh, I watched something on it. Uh, it was fine. Uh, okay, we, we seem to have stuck with subways for now. So let's stick with subways and we'll, we'll, we'll end up going back to buses. Okay. Um, but another just like scene-based, Amelie has like multiple subway scenes. Sure, yeah. Uh, isn't that where the photo booth is? I haven't watched it in a long time. Sounds the right. Photo booth is, is in a subway station. Yeah. I, I do not care for that movie. I'll say <laughs> Uh, you know what? I mean, I loved it at the time. Um, I have no idea if I would, because yeah. the last, the last Jeunet film that I saw 
was Micmacs and I did not care for it at all. Yeah, that was and rough going. When I went back and I had never seen Delicatessen and I watched that like maybe five years ago and I didn't like it. So <laughs> like, I'm almost like hesitant to rewatch City of Lost Children and Amelie um, because I'm like, I'm, I liked these movies. What if I don't like yeah. them when I, when I go back because uh, I'm not a Genet fan, but uh, I loved it at the time. Um, I went to, uh, uh, I swear, accident when we were in Paris, I swear, accidentally, accidentally, we went to the the bar cafe from from the movie. We were like, we were in Montmartre, and we had something else to do, and we were like, a big thing that we do when we're visiting the city, Natalie and I, is have sort of loose plans that are kind of spaced out, and then if we can walk from place to place and oh, discover, sure. discover stuff on the way. So that's what we were doing is we were walking from Walmart and we were like, we have a bunch of time until whatever dinner or movie, whatever we're doing that night. Um, let's just stop along the way. And we were like, okay, Oh, here's a cafe rest. We're walking down this steep hill. Let's yeah. uh, rest our, our, our legs in this cafe. And then it doesn't take long to be inside. They don't hide the fact that Amelie was shot. No, once you're inside, <laughs> they are very forward about it. Yeah, we ran across it as well because it. I mean, it's a pretty prominently located cafe, as I recall. Like, it, it, it. I think even if I wasn't looking for it, which I think we were looking for it when we came across it, um, it would have caught my eye anyway, just because of the yeah. geography of it. If I remember well, correctly, well, my memory of where it is because like. You think I, I tend to think of Montmartre as a little like almost like a village on the hill in the middle of the city. And when you come up the stairs or the the uh, funicular or something, when you come up from that way, that's exactly what it is. But then on the other side of it, it's just a steep road back down to the city that yeah. has stuff along. And so the the cafe is more along that road than I would have thought. I would have thought it was more at the top of the city. Oh, sure. At the yeah. top of the hill it's more like on the road down to the city. So I think it depends on which way you approach Momart. <laughs> sure. Um, that's, that's how you come across it. Uh, all right. This is not an episode about movies about cafes though. But there's a idea bookmark that. Um, yeah. I guess sticking with Paris, I was having actually having some trouble thinking of too many like prominent subway stuff in Paris uh paris set movies even though like i there's scenes in like band of outsiders that it's on the subway but nothing like too prominent um i just watched uh jacques revet movie the other day called gang of four from the 90s that doesn't have much on the subway but it has these cool little interstitial things kind of like as scene transitions that are just photography mostly at night on the subway um and it's just kind of a good way to transition and kind of keep the mood because most of Rivette's movies actually, I think capture the way I experienced Paris more than any other filmmaker, which is like a little weird and seedy in a way that isn't immediately obvious, but like it always feels like there's some secret undercurrent that I'm not quite a part of. Um, and he kind of includes the subway as part of that in gang of four. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Uh, well, I guess with speak, subways, well, I was going to say, go speaking of unnerving subways, um, you saw Watcher, right? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't see Watcher. Okay. So no, there's a yeah. great, uh, so Watcher is about this woman who uh, can 
tell or suspects, but can't quite prove that a man's kind of like following her and stalking her and watching her. Um, and she eventually has a confrontation with this guy um, who, again, she can't prove that he's done anything wrong and is reticent to like directly confront him about it, but um, finds herself sitting directly across from him on the subway. And, you know, it's a horror movie. So yeah, he is actually following her. She's not just making it up. Um, and so he knows what's going on. And she knows what's going on, but neither of them is coming out and saying it. And it's so tense and great and such a great, like use of the subway as a place where just anyone could end up theoretically, but which you are just kind of trapped on uh, when, when you get on, because you're, there's not like even a bus, you know, it has the option of like, you could like fake an emergency and pull the bus over when you're in the yeah. subway, you are in the subway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, my other subway ones are all like mostly bombers. Um, nice. Uh, fruit fail station. Oh, I didn't uh, think of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Joker has, uh, some subway, multiple subway scenes. Um, man, I'm glad I flushed it enough. That movie out of my head to yeah. forget this, but I'll take your word. Um, well, I guess now I think about, it, uh, the Batman had like, I think the first time we like see the Batman, it's like on the platform at an L like an elevated train station. Right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I actually thought of uh, Batman know. begins as well, which has a decent amount of stuff on kind of an elevated train throughout its version of Gotham, including the finale where he like kills, but doesn't kill Razo Ghoul. He's like, you know, I, I can't oh, kill right. you, but I don't have to let you live. And he just like, sends him plummeting across on, on the subway. Yeah. Uh, and then I also, I included the movie just another girl on the IRT because IRT is the Interboro rapid transit, which is, that is a public transit line. The movie isn't actually really about, it's just like a description of the character. It's not about riding the, the train. More Hollywood like lies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's a good movie. Um, although also kind of a rough watch at times, um, it, that references a subway. So I think that's all I have for subway. Well, I have one other that I thought of that I think is commuter rail related. Um, but it's a station, not, a uh, the actual train itself. And that's the, the whole Patty Considine sequence from the Bourne ultimatum. Is that, uh, Oh uh, yeah. Train, train station, a very crowded train station. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but that's man. That's such a good scene. I got to rewatch it that movie. Is. I haven't seen that movie yeah. in a long time. Um, I say that movie specifically because like, I like the other Bo two Bourne movies, but ultimatum is really where it comes home for me. Hmm. Um, okay. I got a few uh, more subway ones. Okay. And then we can get back to buses. Yeah. Um, let me make sure I'm catching all of these. Uh, the finale of Carlito's way takes place at, uh, I it's either grand center or Penn station. I can't remember. Um, but it starts on with him, like narrowly escaping these guys who are chasing him by hopping on a subway and then culminates in the station. And when they get to the station, De Palma being De Palma does it all in like one long take. And it's super, super cool. And I know like long take stuff is like so overplayed now, but this was back when you really had to work it because it was all with film and De Palma can really fold it into the storytelling and more that's just then just like showing off. Uh, but it's a great, great sequence. Um, while you were sleeping, uh, it doesn't take place on the subway, but of course, um, yeah, she's true. a sub. This is like such a sign of the times that like this was a job somebody had to have to sell people tokens. Um, yeah. now it's all just done by machines, but um, she's like a token seller. Um, 
when uh, she meets uh, Peter Gallagher, right? Um, who then gets uh, right. mugged and thrown down on the tracks. Yeah. Um, on the town, uh, the guys, the sailors, first when they get to New York, hop on the subway, start going about town, and that's where Gene Kelly falls in love with Miss Turnstiles, um, who's like the glamour girl um, on posters mm. on the subway. Uh, have you never seen On the Town? I've never seen On the Town. Oh, man. On the Town is oh, yeah. so great. Hey, I can't see all of them. I'll, I'll see I know. eventually. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, once you do, uh, I'm, I'm jealous. It's a great movie. Um, pick up on South Street. Uh, oh, duh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, like all the pickpocketing takes place on the subway. Yeah. Uh, and it's really, that's, that's some really good, well done sequences. Because like the pickpocketing isn't exactly the source of the film's tension, but there's a lot of great tension that gets introduced in that. But it's the inciting incident. Yeah, exactly. Know, that, yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, I can't, speaking of noir movies, it's such a tiny part of the movie, but I can't think I mentioned Angel's Flight earlier and didn't mention the movie uh, Hollow Triumph, uh, sometimes also referred to as The Scar. Sure. Um, but there's a part where uh, bad guys are chasing our guy, who is also a bad guy because it's a, a noir Naturally. movie. And they chase him onto the angel flight as it's going up, and he kicks the guy out the back door, and like he falls down the hill of the. I forgot about that. Uh, the angels, the angels flight. It's just a brief scene, but I did like it was definitely me doing like the Leonardo DiCaprio point. When I, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's the angels flight, and that would have been the actual angels flight at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you said it was a brief scene, but it's angels flight. It would have to be a brief scene. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, I'm just realizing that maybe people. Is Angel's Flight known uh, outside of Los Angeles enough that people know what I'm talking about? Um, uh, if you described it, I'm sure they'd recognize it from various movies, but you probably should describe yeah, it. Yeah, it's a funicular, that uh, the very short train line that goes up the hill from Hill Street to... Um, right now, yeah, these days it goes to the uh, a, a plaza where they sometimes have like live events and, and stuff. But um, when it was actually in use, it was like half a block further. I can't keep... I don't know, East. I can't remember where, uh, <laughs> where. and, uh, it wasn't just a tourist thing. It actually connected to, um, a neighborhood called Bunker Hill. That was a neighborhood on a hill, not, uh, not unlike Momar, but, um, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, if you follow Los Angeles history, the story of Bunker Hill, uh, is a contentious and I would say sad one. Um, the city, insists to this day that they tore down the neighborhood because of blight um where uh most reasonable people say that bunker hill was torn down in a, a an abuse of eminent domain uh used to try and keep uh major business headquarters and operations from fleeing to the suburbs or other cities um and so they'd knock down a neighborhood of uh, working class people uh, to build uh, skyscrapers in the in like the fifties. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm, there are movies. Uh, Crisscross is a movie that um, yep uh, prominently features Bunker Hill. Uh, Los Angeles, by the way, has a history of doing this because they did the same thing to build Dodger Stadium in Chavez Ravine. Sure, uh, they just kicked people out and took over the over the land. Um, I think they did a similar thing for like 
an LAX expansion that never happened because there's like a weird like ghost neighborhood by LA, LAX. I don't know if you you can watch you can find it on YouTube. There's people like YouTube videos of people like it's like a perfect like little suburban neighborhood that is no one lives in. Oh, weird. Um, yeah, no idea. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, but now so Angel Flight is just Bunker like Hill. Yeah. yeah. Now Angel Flight is just like a tourist thing. Yeah. Um, and most I maybe not most recently, but most prominently of recent movies, you can see it in La La Land. Um, and yes, that kind of got some more customers through the door, but it's like one of those things that like mostly operates, but like is occasionally just broken. So if you're visiting yeah. Los Angeles and you really want to go on an angels fight, maybe look up as if it's running that week. Cause it could go either way. It, yeah, it does. It, yeah. It, 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 it uh, falls apart a lot. In fact, I think at the t- I remember, th- I think at the time that La La Land came out, it was yeah, not right? operational. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I remember thinking like, Oh, if anyone's going to try and like come and like recreate that, that, that cute kiss, they're not yeah. going to be able to do it right now, but now you can. Yeah. Yeah. Or as um, of, uh, I would say it was the last time I was fall 2021, I think is the last time I rode the angels flight. That's much more recently than me. I can't remember the last time I was no. on it. Uh, my last subway movies are um, two of a genre that I know there's more of, but I think these are the only two ones I've seen um, of following different paths of people either catching or missing a train. That's both in Kislowski's blind chance and more mainstreamly in sliding doors um, of following two parallel storylines of whether or not somebody caught a train, uh, which is a very relatable uh incident because everyone who's ridden the trains frequently misses a train and thinks how much better my life would be if I'd only caught that train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. On to buses. Uh, I think so. Or, or back to buses. Cause we talked about Patterson and, and, and speed. Yeah. Um, did you ever see, uh, I think it's Michelle Gondry. A movie called the we and the I. No. Uh, it's, um, a really interesting movie because it's a it's a real time movie um in uh i can't remember if it's it's queens uh somewhere in in greater new york city where wikipedia says the bronx the bronx okay um a bunch of kids on the last day of school like high school kids on the last day of school um take the city bus like back home and so everyone piles on the bus and we get like little backstories and, um, and, and stuff. And Michelle Gondry being the sort of like, uh, I don't know, um, Rube Goldborgian sort of fantasist that he can be. There are even like things that are like flashbacks, but they still take place on the bus. If that makes Uh, sense. Sure. Yeah. So like, so you never leave the bus once the kids get, you, you see the kids, um, uh, before the bus. In fact, there's one thing that sticks in my mind because I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that exists. But like at the high school where they go, the kids aren't allowed to have their cell phones. So the bodega across the street has a little like side business going where it charges like a dollar a day to hold onto people's cell phones. So, like the beginning of the movie, you see the kids like all drop off their cell phones and put them in like individual envelopes or whatever. And then mm-hmm. when they get out of school, they immediately go pick up their cell phones and then get on the bus. I don't know why that stuck with me. It's not like a, an important part of the movie, but just the idea that like, yeah, that would be a little like that feels very New York to like have that kind of uh, just uh, spontaneous black market economy <laughs> pop up <laughs> sure. uh, around, around a need like that. But uh, yeah, so the kids, 
kids are riding the bus. And, and so one of the interesting things about the movie is that as the movie goes on in real time, the cast keeps getting smaller because people like, Oh yeah. Their stop and, and get off. Um, I don't like, I don't think it's a, uh, it's definitely not one of Michelle Gondry's best movies, but um, it's definitely interesting and novel enough to be worth the watch. Right on. Yeah. yeah I've not seen much Gondry outside of like, the major stuff that he did. Um, I don't know, are there other ones I sh- that we should be? Uh, I don't, you to? know, I guess I have I mean, obviously like um, he did eternal sunshine. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. Other than that, like I didn't see science of sleep. Yeah. Like I, I hated yeah, science I of sleep. I didn't see the green hornet. I completely forgot that existed. Oh, I kind of like that one. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't. So I guess I haven't seen either because I haven't seen be kind rewind. Did I, man, now I can't remember if I even saw that. But I feel like there was something else. There's, I guess he, I'm just thinking he made a few movies over the past like 10 years, 10, 15 years. Yeah. And I don't think I've seen any of them. Yeah. But he will always be the guy who made the White Stripes fell in love with a girl video. There you uh, go. Which is just one of the coolest things ever. Um, oh, it looks like he's got one coming out this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. The Book of Solutions. I read about this. Supposed to be good? I can't remember. I just think I remember reading like, let's see, where did it? It premiered at Cannes just a couple months ago, three months ago. Okay. Um, and I guess it's already been released in France. It would. No, no U.S. state listed on IMDb at least. Okay, so that's the We in the Eye. Um, trying to think of other. I don't have as many bus movies. Do you? Have other I, I only have a couple. Um, I just watched one today that had been in my list for a long time, and I used this episode as an excuse to myself to or force myself to watch it. Um, called Mr. Thank You, it's a Japanese movie from the 30s that's a very pleasant movie. It's just about the friendliest bus driver you've ever met in your entire life driving <laughs> a bus, carrying people through the mountains of uh, Japan from town to town. Um, and he's called Mr. Thank You because he always thanks everybody and everybody always thanks him. Um, but it's also like, has these like tiny little moments of completely devastating things. They'll like pass like this old man and they'll be like, Oh yes, that's the old man who had to sell off his two daughters 20 years ago. And now he's the loneliest man in Japan. And then they just like go back on the bus, like cheerfully. <laughs> and uh, so it's a, it's one of those weird movies. It's like super pleasant, but also like kind of quietly depressing. Um, but really good movie. The flip side of that is, um, Seijin Suzuki's fifties bus movie called eight hours of terror, um, where the, there's a, so these people are on a train that breaks down in the middle of, I haven't seen this one in a while. It's on criterion though. If people haven't seen it, um, uh, train breaks down in the middle of like a storm of some kind. And they're like, well, we got this bus we can take you on, but the storm's still going. And the bus has to traverse these cliffs. So it starts to develop this kind of like wages of fear energy of like, will we even make it kind of thing? Okay. And then gangsters take over the bus. Um, It's a super cool movie. And if you've ever watched Sage and Suzuki movies and been frustrated that they're all a bunch of nonsense, this is like a very stripped down, like Uh almost kind of bare knuckle thriller. That's really, really good. Um, Well, speaking of, uh, I guess people, you know, Tense people, t- people taking over a bus or whatever. Sure. Um, did you ever see the siege? Edward Zwick's the siege. No, I have not. Um, uh, well, it's about a 
series of this is like pre a pre nine eleven movie about a series of um of of terrorist attacks in New York and one of the main ones that people remember because it was prominently focused in the trailer is uh, a city bus is taken over by terrorists and um, they end up blowing it up and killing everybody. Um, All right. uh, But yeah, this was like, so I I worked at a video store during nine 11. um, And in in a lot of the same way that everyone was watching contagion at the beginning of COVID, we couldn't keep our like one copy of the siege in the store <laughs> after nine 11. Cause uh, it was like the only reference point that people could. Yeah. Think of. I don't know. I remember thinking it was, I've always like known that Edwards wick is problematic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he made like two of the most blatant white savior movies of all time. The like key uh, reference points for the white savior narrative. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and then, I mean, he's continued to work and I, I mean, I, the last thing I saw of his was 2018's trial by fire, which I guess is the last feature he made. Uh, I was gonna, like yeah. That. I was going to say, I'd be surprised if he did anything more recently than that, uh, but he did the Jack Reacher sequel. That doesn't seem like it's in his wheel. Oh, that's right. That movie is God awful. I didn't see it. Um, and it's it's strange that it's so bad because like Tom Cruise usually makes good movies, love him or hate him, he can put together good production. And frankly, Edward Zwick at least can put together a good movie, like at least on a sequence by sequence basis. Yeah, yeah. That movie's got like nothing going for it. Yeah. Um, but th- what that reminds me, so the siege obviously fictional, but there's a Brazilian documentary called Bus One Seventy Four. Okay. Which is about a sort of real life situation, not a terrorist, but just a guy with a gun took over a city bus and it turned into a a long hostage situation. Um, but, uh, the, what, what's interesting about the documentary is that the subject of the documentary isn't these events that happen. The subject of the documentary is how like drastically and ultimately tragically the, uh, Brazilian law enforcement fucked this up mm. and, and made everything worse than it than it should have been. It's like a very damning critique of um, uh, I think is it Rio de Janeiro? Um, it's either Rio de Janeiro or Sao Paulo. It's one of the bit two major cities. Um, yeah, Rio. Uh, it's yeah, it's a it's, so it's a critique of the Rio Police Department. Um, yeah, really compelling stuff but uh yeah they really do fuck things up and it's kind of a hard watch by the end uh anyway so i'm trying to think what else i have for buses that isn't a fucking bummer but uh i definitely have one that isn't a fucking bummer uh and it's not a prominent like bus movie but in mars attacks uh pam greer drives a bus um Ah. and when we first meet her she's driving a bus around and catches her kids in an arcade when they're, I think they're supposed to be at school or something. And she like stops the bus and like yanks them on the bus and makes a big scene about it in front of all her passengers, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's good. Also in terms of motherhood and buses, uh, at the beginning of all live flesh, uh, uh, what's her game? Uh, Penelope Cruz has a brief cameo, um, as the person who eventually becomes the main character's mother, but we just have this brief scene of her giving birth to him on a bus at the beginning of the movie. I don't remember that part. I I saw that movie a long, long time ago. Yeah. I think um All of My Mother would have been the first Almodovar that I saw. 
but it was and that's like 99 yeah right when talk to her came out in 2002 talk to her was the first element of our movie that i fell in love with I mean, I liked that, all of my mother at the time, but I love That's still my Talk favorite. To yeah. Doctor is so and, good. And so because I worked at a video store at the time, I think I rented every Almodovar that we had at the time. Mm. So I like I definitely saw Live Flesh and I definitely saw Law of Desire. Um and yeah, some of the early uh er, early ones. But um yeah, I mean that was it, Live Flesh was interesting to watch because it was like after Javier Bardem had started to become like because uh, uh, he he had been in sp- Spanish movies forever but I don't think it was really until Before Night Falls that like right. American film lovers uh, knew who he was and like it was awesome when he like showed up in Miami Vice or whatever right. <laughs> um, but uh, and then watching Life Flash like it was it was fun to see uh, him like pre his American fame uh, I'm pretty much out of movies, actually. I'm realizing, except for the one that I'm saving for last. Okay. Oh, I uh, skipped. Wait, I skipped a subway one that I really like. Bring it on. The movie isn't about the subway. Sure. But Spike Jones's Her is a movie that like imagines a almost utopian future right. of of like civic engagement and public <laughs> transit. Uh, and um uh and i love that they uh there's a great scene where he goes uh, he's essentially going on a date with his right you know uh uh operate his os um and uh normally i don't like you know taking liberties with geography but when it's a science fiction future set movie it's fine yeah uh you see him at what is the hollywood and western uh subway red line subway station sorry b line they're changing it from colors to letters uh subway station uh which is a cool one it's got like a curving hallway um that goes up to the street and it's got these like multi-colored like tiles on the wall so it's cool to look at visually and that's probably why spike jones chose to shoot it but he has them come instead of what is he going up the stairs he doesn't come up at Hollywood western he comes up at like venice beach yeah um and it's very cool so, yeah, because that was that came out before we even had the expo line down to Santa Monica. So the idea of a train running to the beach was like, oh, my God, can you even imagine? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I have our. Uh, crap. Yeah, I think you just like just unplugged or something. I know I bumped the core like an idiot. Um, okay. The remaining movies I have are on uh, forms of transportation that may or may not fit the bill here. So you tell me. Um, but I thought of the trolley um, from Meet Me in St. Louis. Um, ring, ring, ring goes the bell. Okay. Yeah. Great trolleys count. Trolleys count. I would say trolleys count. Um, there's also some good trolley action in uh, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which takes place in New Orleans. Um, okay. I've never seen that movie, but I've ridden that trolley. There you go. And then uh, Julie helpfully reminded me uh, that the ferry might count as public transportation. Let's say the you ferry would. Yeah. Um, so on that tack, uh, Roman Plansky's Ghost Rider has some great ferry action. And it, in fact, starts with this very haunting image of a single car having been abandoned on a ferry. And a lot of the mystery revolves around um, how did that car get left there? Uh, Tony Scott's Deja Vu is about the bombing of a ferry um, and 
it's a time travel movie. So we keep going back to the ferry, back to the ferry, back to the ferry to figure out what went wrong okay. there and what happened. And then uh, Christopher Nolan's insomnia. I don't remember much about it, but I know there was at least the co- initial confrontation between Al Pacino and Robin Williams takes place on the ferry. Well, you mentioned Christopher Nolan. I mean, the dark Knight has, yeah. Has the big the ferry showdown at the end. Scene. Yeah. Ferry. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a movie. Um, oh, also, well, uh, fairies, the, um, the beginning of train wreck, which is not a great movie. Um, I don't know if you saw, ever saw train wreck. I did. I don't remember but, any fairy. So she like wakes up. She obviously had a drunken night in the one night stand and she wakes up in some dude's bed and then realizes that she has drunkenly come all the way to Staten Island. And she, Oh to, like, yes, this does ring a bell with, with a hangover. She has to, <laughs> take the ferry back to the rest of the city um there's also a movie that uh a tiny movie that um no one has ever heard of from 2007 <laughs> that i liked a lot called um liberty kid um, yeah, i've not heard of this yeah it played the los angeles film festival in in two the 2007 um so it's one of those la film festival movies that you never hear of uh, again but this was i remember liking this movie a lot it was basically it's about two kids who uh, work on Liberty Island, like on the where the Statue of Liberty is, okay. um, and they take the ferry to and from work every day. But then, very early on in the movie, nine eleven happens, and the fair and the Liberty Statue of Liberty is gets shut down to tourism indefinitely, mm. and they sort of lose their livelihoods and um, uh, their their prospects. And it's like a it's a tragic movie about 9-11 that's not tragic in the ways that you assume would assume sure yeah in movies, but, but i remember thinking it's a good movie um yeah right on uh okay do you have any more uh that's it okay well speaking of trolleys who framed roger rabbit is oh, maybe duh. the greatest movie ever made about public transit don't feel bad that you forgot it i forgot it too i'm so gl- lucky that i mentioned this to tyler when i saw him yeah uh, uh this past weekend because he mentioned who for not rabbit which is a movie that is actually about public transit yeah. or about the the the, force the entire system of, of 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 public transit uh in in los angeles um i mean it's such a, it's a it's such a great companion piece to to chinatown because they both tell fictionalized versions of things that actually did happen. Yeah. Didn't happen exactly the way they happened in the movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I already gave enough Los Angeles history on this uh, podcast, you, but you can uh, look up the real stories of Chinatown or who from Hyde <laughs> like, But I like uh, the phrasing of that. It didn't happen exactly the way it happened in the movie. Oh, you mean there wasn't, <laughs> cartoons involved <laughs> well i was including chinatown as well no, i know it made more uh, yeah. that phrasing made more sense for chinatown yeah it was just funny to yeah lump that in with uh yeah jessica but, rabbit slinking uh, around but yeah it was um speaking of la film festival one year they um they would do like fun like satellite screenings back when it still existed sometimes and they showed on D- on a dcp uh sorry but uh they showed who framed Roger Rabbit at Union Station, and that was oh, very cool. And and saw it there. It's the only time I've been in that like event space, which you can I don't know when you if you walk in the doors from the street and look to your left, there's a big empty room, and that's where they have like fundraisers and events and stuff. And uh, 
only time I was ever in there was for the screening. Is that where they had the Oscars? I'm guessing yes, probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's it. We did it. That's public transit. Yep. We're big public transit fans. I, I mean, I am especially. Yeah, I support it. Uh, I, I don't I write it very often, but I support it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, your most recent job was a, you were able to walk to. That's true. That's, that's the real dream. Yeah. I, I beat all forms of transit. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, you could find the podcast at Battleship Attention. Find, you could probably find reviews of something that we would. I think I reviewed Patterson. So you could yeah, somebody had to. Patterson. Uh, I can't remember if I reviewed her or not. Um, but uh, yeah, you can find those there. Uh, well, I definitely reviewed the Blu-ray of Fox and His Friends. So I'm just looking at my list and trying to see what yeah. I reviewed. Uh, all right. So you can find reviews there. You can follow me on Twitter. Sorry, X and Blue Sky at at David Pretension, Letterboxd, D- David Bax. Uh, check out the Patreon. Check out my other podcast. It's called The One Where I Met Your Mother. My wife and I watch an episode of Friends, an episode of How I Met Your Mother. It's, we have a ton of fun. Uh, Scott, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter and Blue Sky, Real of Tomorrow, and on Letterboxd, just as Scott and I. Okay. Um, other than that, yeah, thank you for listening. Hey, we'll get you next time. Bye.